It's yours? No, I... Your mother said she found it in your closet. I don't know. One of the guys must have... Must have what? Look, Dad, it's Where not... Where did you get it? Dad, Answer I... me. Who taught you how to do this stuff? You, all right? I learned it by watching you. Hey, Joe. Hey, Jacques. Knock, knock. Who's there? Go fuck yourself. Hey, it must be time for the Carnival Personnel Podcast. Welcome, Carnies, to uh, episode four. We, we, uh, Joe had to flash the four because he knows, like, you know, if, at, last time I counted to 11 in public, I got arrested for indecent exposure. Hey, oh. Had to drop my pants. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the follow-up. <laughs> Just making sure. Uh, it is Father's Day, so uh, happy Father's Day to uh, yourself, Joe. Happy Father's Day to, I think, you. To me? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and, and all our pals out there who are dads, and to uh, all our pals out there who have dads. Um, Joe and I, uh, you know, we, we, didn't, we didn't plan this, but who's your favorite uh, TV dad? I would say, hey, hey, hey. No. <laughs> <laughs> too soon? No, no. Right. I don't think that'll ever be too soon. Uh, my favorite TV dad, oh, man, it's got to be, honestly, Homer Simpson. See, it's funny because my boys go from loving him to thinking he's horrible. And it's really funny because one day uh, their mom was explaining, what year was it that Homer Simpson was like Time Life's like, you know, wrote it like best dad, like on TV. And one of the big things is how much time he spends with them. He's not always the best influence, right. but he's he was very present. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the line, Dad, you're half-assed over-parenting is a lot scarier than your half-assed under-parenting. I would say, I'm not sure who my favorite sitcom parent is, but I will, I've admitted this a number of times, so why don't I put it out to the three people who listen. For better or worse, I think the parent that I've been most influenced, or the father I've been most influenced in TV history, Red Foreman from that 70s show. <laughs> and, and, and I know you're laughing, but there's so many times I'll say, you know, to my now seven-year-old, it's like, oh, you're such a dumbass. You right. know? And I'm like, no, no, that was a show, and it was funny when he called his teenage son a dumbass, but maybe dial it back a little bit here. But uh, I'm more Red Foreman. The older I get, the more Red Foreman I become. Yeah, you know you're in bad territory when you're Stacy Keach from Titus. <laughs> remember him? Or he was, and he's another one, unfortunately. Uh, I remember like some great parenting tips from him that maybe we'll save for, for later in this, but there are, like, you know, when Titus talks about his dad and i'm like oh you know maybe being a red foreman fan isn't as bad as taking tips from titus yeah that right but uh either way you uh, wussy the 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 uh the beat the cleavers no what about so how much. about uh well i guess mike brady mike brady yeah i mean you know mike brady was great you know it's funny because now you look at adam with a different viewpoint the irony is um they were the first tv couple to share a bed yep he was gay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so what does that tell you, America? <laughs> when you sleep with women, it turns you gay. Yeah. Or something. What? I, I <laughs> no. 
No, I mean, there were so many great TV dads. But no, I mean, Homer Simpson, to me, is just the quintessential American. And unfortunately, I find myself becoming more and more Homer-esque each and every day, um, (laughs) including the weight gain uh, (laughs) and the beer drinking. No, not even close. Yeah, I know, right? But hey, it's something to shoot for. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for taking that away from me. (laughs) I have nothing, and then you took that away from me. So yeah, happy Father's Day. What about Father's Day for you, like, growing up? Like, what... Well, thank, thanks for bringing it up. I do want to, yeah. Uh, Lay down on this couch over so, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that, that's going to be the studio audience. Right. Don't make that the therapy that's couch. That's not the casting couch? Can it be both? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but seriously, um, Father's Day wasn't very big around our house after I turned six with, with my dad leaving and all. But thanks for bringing that up, Joe. Well, you know. Uh, no, it, it was, uh, it was it, it, truly, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a big thing for us. Um, but, uh, yeah, moving on. <laughs> I don't know what to say here. I, I just wanted to make you cry. I wanted an Oprah <laughs> moment. You didn't give it to me. Oh, man. You know, as he chugs his eighth beer. Uh, seventh. Okay, right. Maybe Who's counting? Hey, I couldn't remember. It's the fourth. Okay. Well, what about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, my father was always there for us. He was a stay-at-home dad. He was he was uh, an older, like, much older than, like, your average dad. Like, I think when I was, a, you know, a, a young lad, like, if I was 10, I think he was, like, in his 50s or so, or 60s, maybe. Because he died, when he died in 2008, God rest his soul, he was 79. So, in an, yeah, I, I, now you're making me do math. So and I'm making been, the audience so do math. So, would have been 87-ish? Right now? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, wow. It's been, well, yeah, it's been almost 10 years. Right, right. Well, almost 10 years now. Almost 10 years. <laughs> hey, we better get going. Uh, that's for us. The um, you know he was always there for us. He was he was a Portuguese immigrant. Uh, I won't hold that against him. But <laughs> he was um, he was good. Like every other dad, he could have been better. But you know he was he was always just kind of a stay at home guy. He raised us the best he could. But when Father's Day came around, like he was one of those guys, like you know, didn't want anything, didn't want anything, didn't want any acknowledgement that he was a father. <laughs> well, what about what about you this year? You guys do anything? Breakfast in bed? And you get the ceremonial tie that you're never gonna wear? To be honest, my children have yet to wish me a happy Father's Day. So that tells you what kind of a father <laughs> I am in this standing in the year 2017. Maybe they called their real dad. Right? Well, you <laughs> yeah. know what? I didn't think of that. There you go, Colombo. Uh, no, we uh, like I said. Father's Day, uh, my birthday was last week, so it's like... Oh, it's humble like, brag. Th- no, I don't know what that is. I'm bragging about being old and <laughs> Father's Day. I'm, I'm, I'm bragging about getting the double cake. It's like the kid who has like his birthday on Christmas and he gets the double gift oh, and stuff yeah. like that. Mm. So so it's like, literally, it's like, how much celebrating can we do for an old guy who <laughs> barely stands his children? Yeah. But, uh... Anyways, Carnies, that's this week's episode of <laughs> our, our favorite dads. Um, both our dads are dead. Yes. God rest my father's soul. Don't know. I'm not going to speak for everyone here. No, no, no. My dad, you know, it, it was fine. It's like uh, we, uh, you know, the, the the older you get, you're like, yeah, you know what? He did the best he could. Who cares? You know, I I turned out fine. <laughs> so, uh, so anyways. Yeah. Uh, on a on, on a much happier note, <laughs> let's let's move on to something a lot funnier than our dead dads. Politics. Yes. Joe, anything happened this week? Nothing. Good night. Nothing happened. Oh wait, there were a couple of things. I don't know what you want to start off with first. The awful DC shooting. The or, awful DC shooting. Or the awful president 
and his lawyer and his lawyer's lawyer. Right. When your lawyer has to get his own lawyer within the first week of repping you, maybe... Maybe you are harsh and hastily picking, you know, out of the phone book, the first lawyer who would say yes to you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, so it, it's fun. It's, it, it's no, you know, we're not going to get too heavy on politics because, you know, we would cry ourselves to sleep over that and our dead dads. Right. But, uh, Man, did I open a wound that had been <laughs> sealed shut for decades. Kids, what you do is you take all your hurt and you roll up in a ball and you stuff it real down <laughs> low in your gut and you try to cover it with an ocean of beer. It won't work out. <laughs> you know, so far, it's been okay. But but seriously, so this week, Trump, you know, comes out and he says, you know, in his tweet, because that's the only way, you know, a president should communicate with the world, is I'm being investigated about the Comey firing by the guy who told me to fire Comey, witch hunt. Yeah, which is great because, yes, like the assist, uh, the deputy attorney general writes a memo saying you got to fire Comey. He lost control of the FBI, and this Hillary email mishandling of the election was unfair. And fire him because he mistreated Hillary, the guy that Trump spent a year saying lock her up, lock her up, lock her up. Yeah, uh, Sean Spicer comes out that same day and says, "Yep, the attorney, the deputy attorney general suggested this." He's lost control of the FBI, the Hillary email handling. He's got to go. And then the next day, you know, Trump, as only Trump can, goes on Lester Holt and say, No, nah, it had nothing to do with that. I was firing him anyways. I fired him over the Russian stuff. Didn't you hear me when I told the Russian ambassador that? And, oh, wait, the media wasn't allowed there. I like how your Trump sounds like Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. i give anything for Chris Rock to be president. There was a movie I think he made called uh, Head of State. Absolutely anything to have the real Chris Rock be the real <laughs> president over this. I have the Rock. I would literally right. rather the Rock be... Uh, or a-Rock. A-Rock. Uh, less damage. But seriously, so so Trump has to go out, hire a lawyer. He can't get a top-notch lawyer. Like, no of the big law firms would take him as a client. However, Mike Pence was able to get one of these lawyers, because Mike Pence is now lawyered up, and he had a big fundraiser to pay for his lawyer. But back to Trump, whose lawyer comes down to D.C., starts doling out advice to his his subordinate saying, you don't need a lawyer yet, which violates him practicing law in the District of Columbia, where he's not licensed to. And now Trump's lawyer has to get a lawyer to handle the charges about him practicing law in the District of Columbia. Had he gone down and just talked to Trump, that's a attorney-client thing. But the fact that he was doling out legal advice to the staffers violates that. So now Trump's lawyer... Now Trump's lawyer has to get a lawyer, and I wish we were funny enough to make this up. Like, I yeah. wish we could have written this into a script. Right. Is the ago. lawyer's name Saul Goodman? <laughs> <laughs> they should, like, literally, they should have called a TV lawyer. Yeah. They, they should have called Lockwell. Lockwell would have come in. <laughs> For those of you who listen Look well, to that was Lockwell, and he was a detective. So the it, joke was it, gone. It, it, no. Sorry. It, could he do any worse? No. Could look right come in and do any worse? Right. Uh, so moving on to the shooter. Before we talk about the the awful shooting that everybody's been uh, been focused on this week, and of course we're talking the 155th mass shooting of calendar year 2017 in San Francisco, where the worker went. Oh wait, that was later in the same day. Uh. Let's talk about the 150. Fourth mass shooting of the year at the GOP uh, baseball practice at seven in the morning. But who's counting? But who's counting? So yeah, so so Joe and I will say this right out. You might have picked up on this. 
Not a big fan of the president. No. Not a big fan of the GOP in general. Tree-hugging, whiny liberals. I, I think that's pretty fair to say. Actually, fuck the trees. Fuck the trees. <laughs> if they have a nice nut. Anyway. I'm a, I'm a moderate, okay? <laughs> so he's a moderate. I, I'm the vegetarian tree-eating, whiny liberal. I get all that. At the same time, we're anti-gun guys. No matter how much you don't like anybody, we try to, like, you know, not shoot anybody. We're not big Bible numbers. We're not, like, proselytizing that. But we're saying maybe there's better ways to protest. Like, protest. Right. Do a really shitty podcast <laughs> where you get together with your buddy in his basement and you complain about things. You can fight back in your own way a thousand of ways that don't have anything to do with physical violence and being a chicken shit who shoots somebody unarmed from hundreds of yards away. Yeah. Um, and and seriously, as much as we don't like a lot of people on that side, uh, we would never wish violence of any type. Um, no, we just want them to go away. We like, want them to go away, right. Is, is there a, you know there are like portals in all of these superhero movies. Is there a portal for these guys? Phantom that we Zone. Just, if we could send them to the Phantom please, Zone. Please, yes. But Any entrepreneurs out there that want to develop a GOP Phantom Zone, please. We're, we're going to do a Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> but we will also say um, it is wrong to blame a victim or victim shame in any way. No buts. However, <laughs> the sheer irony of the situation where the the you know the majority whip who got shot uh, and is still in, in better condition but is going to be you know in, in some trouble for a while physically he uh, he has voted against every legislation for gay rights he's a rabid anti-gay rights person he signed legislation this year repealing um, Obama's ruling on uh, mentally ill people being allowed to get military-grade weapons. So it is not his fault. We do not wish that this happened. But the irony that a guy who was shot by somebody with mental illness, that he went out of his way to make sure that that guy could get a military-grade weapon, and he was saved, his life was saved, by an African-American lesbian... Say that again. Da, 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 uh, but the... Capitol Police, who saved his life, uh, who shot the shooter, was a married lesbian uh, black person, and this guy has railed against everything that woman is. Yeah, by the way, we should just say for posterity that that guy that we're talking about that was shot... Oh, well, well, victim, yeah, right, right. Uh, Steve Scalise. Steve Scalise. But it, 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 I, and I never want to mention the shooters because it gives them credibility. It gives them a little more fame and notoriety, and that's yeah. what a lot of them look for. Yeah. But, and it's sad. That was the 154th mass shooting of this year. And a mass shooting is two or more people. It doesn't count the 90 other people that are shot every day in the country. And it was just hours later that we had our... 155th mass shooting with the UPS, uh, the ex-employee from UPS who had an overtime grudge who went in and shot his supervisor and two other people before he was shot. That brings me back. That brings Honestly, me like those are when mass shootings were mass shootings. Remember when remember guys were remember going, going postal? postal? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, now it, now because the post office is in such dire straits, people don't go postal anymore. They go UPS. They go, it's a, Thanks, Amazon. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, we're not going to go off on a big mentally ill people shouldn't have access to military-grade weapons. But I think it's safe to say. Mm, yeah, that maybe mentally ill people don't 
need access to military-grade weapons. Um, Even Bernie bros. I mean, just to mention, the, the shooter was a Bernie bro. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, it, it came this whole, see how violent these people on the left are? It's like, um, no. No, this is the outlier. This is the exception to the norm. I can't find one tweet or one clip from anybody running on the Democratic platform for president last year advocating hitting people, advocating, you go ahead and beat these people up, I'll pay for your legal fee. Or if any of these, uh, you know, gun people, these Second Amendment people want to, like, you know, take care of it. His exact quotes are like, you know, if Hillary wins, I'm quite sure my Second Amendment friends will take care of it. What exactly did that mean? Nothing. You know, Nothing to see here. When, when, you know, and we could just go down the list. And it was great when Ted Nugent was trying to be the voice of reason, saying, we got to tone down the rhetoric. Mm-hmm. You mean the guy who was on stage firing machine guns saying, I hope Obama sucks on this and, and fires off a few rounds. It's like, oh, right. right. But Kathy Griffin went too far with right. the severed head. She did. But, yes, you she know, did. But that's, that's the thing. It's like when they're saying, oh, see the left, and they got to tone down the rhetoric and all this hate speech. Yeah, and by the way, the Bernie bro reaction from Bernie Sanders was like, Instant, I'm instant, and just denounced. Denounced. Yeah, you know, and, and and still, I mean, you want to go back a year when people were asking Trump to come out and, hey, could you denounce all these white supremacists who are saying they finally have a voice and you're now their leader, and it gives them the credence to come out of the shadows, and he wouldn't denounce, you know, the not only white would he not, not only would he not denounce them, he fucking retweeted a lot of those messages. Yeah, there was that one guy who had like 68 followers. Which we someday hope to have 68 followers, to be honest. Uh, follow us at Carnival Podcast on Twitter and Facebook. And we uh, go on. And YouTube and iTunes and Google Music Play. <laughs> right. Back to the horrific news. But he uh, he did. He retweeted this person who, who goes from having 68 followers to being retweeted to 20 million people. He it gave him a voice and a platform that guy would have never imagined. And it was just complete hate speech, which we'll save that for another day. I don't understand how hate speech is legal. Right. And by the way, in case you're offended by uh, Donald Trump, just maybe pray one day He'll block you. you <laughs> He'll know? block you. Yeah, so you won't have to see that hate speech ever again. But, um, but yeah, now, and that's a whole other story. Well, speaking of yeah. tweets, you saw the awful tweet that the mayor of London... What's that? The mayor of London... Uh-huh. Podcast tip number 21. <laughs> eating peanuts while doing a podcast. Peanuts. <laughs> 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 wait hey, a second. Hey, what did Cinderella say when she got to the ball? What's that? <laughs> I blame you. <laughs> Anyways, but the London the London mayor, um, upon hearing of this awful attack in D.C. in Trump's backyard, um, came right out and had the opportunity to say, our thoughts are with the people uh, of D.C. and the community, and he, he went the exact opposite way. No, he went the exact way everybody else in the yeah, world right. would go. He went the normal way. He right. didn't, He didn't. oh, this is a good opportunity to attack the mayor of, or the president in that right. case. Or so, for being weak. For being weak. Right. Because this happened in his backyard. Yeah, so that was, uh, that was awful. Uh, yeah, we'll call that this weekend awful. I don't know. So on a happier note, yeah. Jeff, what time is it? I don't have my watch on. Uh, looks by the old clock on the wall that it's time for everybody's favorite Carnival Personnel podcast segment, Random Video Game Review of the Week. Woo! Come on down. Oh, so Jacques is now getting up off his 
friggin' fat ass, and he's spinning himself around. He's doing the robot? No, he's blindly grabbing a game off of my shelf of about 250-plus Nintendo Entertainment System games for the 1980s and 90s. Um, I th- he's blowing on the cartridge ceremoniously, and he's not showing me what he pulled off the shelf. So now, it is now my obligation to look at the space on the shelf and see if I can guess which game he pulled off of it for me to review. And he pulled it from the bottom row, which is in the the V's or the W's. And my my eyesight's not too good. Is that, <laughs> is that the Queen of England over is there? Is that Bill Shakespeare over there? Dan, I would appreciate it if you would just shut your big yapper. I'm going to guess... Uh, Wizards and Warriors. Oh, uh, not even close. I'll give you a. I'll give you a oh, cryptic hit. Oh, oh, oh. No, no, uh, no. Uh, wampum. No, no. I will give you a cryptic hit. My right foot. My right foot. Hmm. And I don't, 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 don't think that as a metaphor. My being me, right. your podcast partners, right foot. Um. What is sexy? I don't know. You, you've stumped me. It is. Oh, it's Wayne Gretzky Hockey for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, have not played it, uh, but I do know that it is, I think, um, universally panned <laughs> as a hockey game for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, so I can't review this game, but if you want to talk about a great hockey game, of course, everybody loves Blades of Steel. Blades of Steel! Ching! Everybody loves Blades of Steel. Of course, Jacques knows and loves Blades of Steel. He's shaking his head no, and then, uh, yeah, he doesn't know what I'm talking I, I, about. I, I, um, first of all, did you get the, You didn't get the clue. I have a Wayne Gretzky's number 99 oh, right. tattooed on my right foot. Right. Uh, for those of you who are really interested, I have Bob Yours number four on my left foot. Yep. And, um, yeah, so, and I think, did uh, Wayne ever get back to you thanking you? Oh, he's a fan. Okay, he's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's listening now. I've never met him. Never talked to him. Never been in the same. <laughs> you room. drove through his hometown, but, uh, though. Don't. Yes, we did. We drove through ah, his hometown. Ah, yes. Memories. Let's talk about that. Game of the week. Yeah. Do, do we want to do? You want me to grab another? No. I mean, Wayne Gretzky hockey. We could just talk about Wayne Gretzky. Did you ever play it? No. Uh, and I think maybe once. Uh, and it was just not. A very good hockey game. I mean, it was honestly like a lot of the games for the Nintendo Entertainment System weren't that good. Blades of Steel was great because it had like the sound samples and it was fast paced. You know, every time you make a pass, it would go, Make some pass. But uh, what's that? Is that yeah, I wanted to see which one it was because there's a couple on here that I'm trying to figure out. Oh, it's out. Wayne Gretzky Hockey for the NES. You type in Wayne Gretzky Hockey NES. He's looking. Oh, this is also the ceremonious part of the ceremonial part of the podcast where he now looks up. The value on eBay, and then if you can guess, if I can guess what it would go for on eBay. And I think if I get it right, I win my own cart back. I think that's it. <laughs> like, he won't run it over with his car on his way out. Uh, so I'm just going to vamp while he looks for it. Painstakingly on eBay, Got a great, a great website. What, what do we think? Well, my particular copy has Wayne Gretzky's head. <laughs> like, it looks like it's been erased from existence because the label has been scratched off entirely. So this cart would probably go for maybe, like, $2. <clears throat> I'm going to guess it's $2. Double that. Four. That, that is a whopping $4. Wow. Now you got to add three fifty for shipping. Yeah. No, I don't, because I have it. <laughs> you you being all those who are like, wow, that sounds like a really crappy game that Joe gave. <laughs> if he had three thumbs, he would have given three thumbs down to. I think I'm going to go on eBay and get it. Yeah, right. So but I, couldn't, I couldn't not recommend that game 
more. Uh, Wayne Gretzky Hockey for the NES, kind of underwhelming. You know, there's a lot of those licensed NES games, you know, that some of them are great, uh, like like Danny Sullivan's Indie Heat. Some of them are not great, like uh, Wayne Gretzky Hockey. So unfortunately, fans, this was kind of a dud. But let me cheer you up. If you were to buy, say if you were around uh, in the late 80s and you said to your parents, hey, mom and dad, I have this new Nintendo Entertainment System, and I would really love a shitty hockey game to go with it. Where would you go? You'd probably go here. I like the way we're going to make your day. We'd like to make Sarah your store. Sarah knows when you come in for an advertised item, you want to find that item. So we're going to try to keep our shelves stocked. Come along and say that, Sarah. If we have to give you a rain check, we'll give you an extra 10% off when you come in to pick it up. We'd like to make Sarah. Store. Make Zare your store today or 20 years ago. Zare. So Jacques never actually seen a Zare in his life, and he grew up in Massachusetts. Right, but we we were we were more of a Bratleys family. Yeah, all right. Well, there was a Zare near me. I grew up uh, closer to Boston, and there was one in Wellington Circle, which is still there now in Medford, Massachusetts. And right now, there's a. Um, a uh, stop and shop there that's very popular. Um, but Zare was bought out by Ames in the uh, I think early 90s. And I think Ames stuck around until the mid 2000s and then I think it just became like nothing after. Like there was no chain to backfill that space afterwards and then, then stop and shop just kind of filled in. But Zare was uh, that's actually where I got my first Nintendo Entertainment System uh, in 1986 or 7. Nobody cares. I know Jacques shaking his head like no, 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 he's no, giving I, the no, wrap no, it up no, sign. I'm, I'm just amazed at how how much money there's still left in the accounts of these bankrupt companies to be able to afford sponsoring our podcast. Right. Yeah, I know. So that's our defunct sponsor of the week, Zare. So yeah, shop at Zare then. <laughs> if you have a DeLorean. Right. And you can drive I have four. 88 miles an hour. Yeah, don't forget the plutonium. And the clock tower. Right. Well, the clock tower is only necessary if you don't have the plutonium, silly. Everybody knows that. <laughs> You're embarrassing me. <laughs> All right, so you want to introduce our next segment? Our I do want to segment? our next segment. Uh, we are calling this Second Guess. Unless you're uh, older than Joe and I, you might remember or might not remember a little game show called Name That Tune. Yes. This is a bastardized, really bad podcast version of Name That Tune, where this case, I'm going to be playing clips from Joe's beloved Heroes catalog, Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, I have all of his studio albums, including like box set, and I'm not. I don't know if I'm. I'm probably going to get the the new rarities, medium rarities coming out. I think this summer from Weird Al Yankovic, which is a compilation of all of his one-off. Uh, songs that weren't included on studio albums, but what I've compiled here, since we're in, in the spirit of fair use, I'm not going to allow more than one second of any Weird Al song to be played. I, based on the one second, the very first second, I, and I cut out all the silence beforehand, so it's literally like the very first note to the one second mark. I'm going to guess from a random playlist, Jack's going to hit shuffle, on this playlist that's hooked up to my iPad, and then I'm just going to guess as quickly as I can what that song is. And then you, at 
home, play along. And I know there's Weird Al fans out there, god damn it. Then he's actually become more popular as the years have gone on. Like I think his last tour sold out everywhere, and, and I uh, regret not seeing him live again uh, when he came to the Wilbur last year, although our friend Jim didn't go. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know Jim was a Weird Al guy. Oh, I made him a Weird Al guy, and I made you a Weird Al guy. You did? You I'm did. like the missionary for Weird Al. Like, you know, I, I'm, I think I'm going to Uganda next year or two. <laughs> and, we, and we talked about it uh, last week. He did the theme song of uh, Captain Underpants. Yeah, and you were kind enough to bootleg me a copy Shh. of that. Oops. Shh. AMC could be listening. Right. All right, so here we go. We're going to, we never, we're doing this live. Doing it live! Uh, so he's gonna hit shuffle, and I'm gonna guess, and then you know, make sure you hit pause. Uh, oh, that's another one bites the dust. That's scary. <laughs> like literally, dude. That that is that's not okay. All right, all right. Try to get up. Ooh. Oh man. Um. Oh man, I think you stumped me on that one. Oh. Um. Heavy baseline. I know, dude. Heavy baseline. Um, fuck. That's off of one of his newer ones. Um, you mean uh, after he sold out? Yeah, right. Uh, pass. Oh, so let's keep score. We are. Yeah, one one. One one. Yeah. So one one. Okay. All right. Moving on. That's Canadian idiot. Ding. Long long. As <laughs> the saga begins. Oh, this is so this, easy. It's too easy. That's um, Attack of the Radioactive Hamsters from a Planet Near Mars. Well, well, you gotta. That is Pancreas. I, from inhaling, I guess, pancreas. And I need shock to react to this so that I'm not like, I don't feel like I'm living in a vacuum. I'm stunned. <laughs> Next. Here. That's Frank's 2000 inch TV. Seriously? Yeah, I think so. That's uh, Waffle King. Oh. That's the Weird Al show theme. That's uh, the the White Stuff parody of the Right Stuff. That's um, uh, that's uh, Talk Soup. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Talk yeah. Soup. That's oh, the first, well, the, you skipped the first one was whatever you like. This one is. Wanna be your lover? That's that's not that's not okay. And I swear to God. Oh, I don't even. I didn't even hear it. Literally, I accidentally hit the skip button as the first no player one song. You didn't even get a full second of the first one before hearing the second one. Are we playing to twenty one? Yeah, we're playing. So for those of you keeping score, and I know you all are, uh, Joe is uh, twelve and one right now. Wow, twelve and one. It's kind of like us with the wars. <laughs> Uh, okay, I think it's 12-1-1 one one at this right, point. Yeah. Mission accomplished! Oh. Here we go. That's uh, Handy. The parody of, uh, was it Kesha's uh, Fancy? I'm so handy. That is, um... Dan, dan. Oh, that's uh, Charles Nelson Riley CNR. It was. It's CNR. It's about Charles Nelson Riley. It's a White Stripes style parody. We are going to sidebar for a second for my <laughs> Charles Nelson Riley story. <laughs> so Joe and I are doing uh, a couple comedy shows here in Boston just before I get out to LA. One of the things that brought me out to LA is I had a music video show that a small production company out there had a deal with the 
uh, and this, you know, you, this get, will get you giddy because I'm going to say the name of Joe's favorite movie. The production company had a deal with a UFA channel. UHF. UH, U, see, it's so long ago, but, but Weird Al had a movie. Called UHF. And so this production company had a um, deal where they basically got free airtime to put on what they wanted. It was a content split, um, a revenue split thing with the, with the channel so that you weren't showing a test pattern all night. And my show had a pretty good following here, which again, which got me out there. And we got a big article in Billboard. And being interviewed, the lady said, oh, are you going to have a host? Is it just going to be videos? What are you going to do? I'm like, oh, we're in negotiations right now with Charles Nelson Riley." <laughs> what made me say... Wait, are you proud to be the per- first person to be in negotiations <laughs> with Charles Nelson Riley? What made me actually say Charles Nelson Riley to this day, I will not know. But about a week later when the when billboard ran, the investors that paid to bring me out there that had this deal were absolutely livid because they were going for this young, you know, trying to compete with, with the MTVs of the world. You know, this is way back when MTV played videos. And if you're not taking this seriously, I'm like, I'm serious. Charles Nelson Riley is a god. Um, we never spoke to Charles Nelson Riley. Uh, I've never met the man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not for a lack of trying or several restraining orders. But anyways, that is my Charles Nelson Riley story. Wow. So, I don't know. I, I'm cleaning up here. I've only missed one. Yeah. You didn't even tell me what that was. Uh, yes, you did. You, you, you. I skipped over like the one I missed. You, you, you said it afterwards. We'll oh. have to go back. All right. Well, oh, it, it, you're 14 and one. Did Take we, a picture. Did we record this? Oh, I gotta hit record. Damn it. Okay. All right, so, a couple more. So let, let's see. You're, you're playing a 21. Let's what see. the hell? Go ahead. That's one more minute, which is basically how long this is gonna take. 15. Come on. Oh, um, uh, oh, it's the Imagine Dragons one. It's um, it's the radioactive parody. What is it? It's um, I forget the name of the song. My weird Al card has been burned. I don't know the name of the song. Well, uh, do, do you get a half point that you knew it was an? You're almost forty, and you know who Imagine Dragons <laughs> are. Do you get credit for that? Right. I don't know. What 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 was the name of the song? Inactive. Inactive. Yeah. Instead of radioactive. Right. Okay. Damn it. They, that, that's a lull. That's a, that, that, that's a loss. Christmas at Ground Zero. <laughs> Classic. Beauty. That's another tattoo. A parody of Bruno Mars is another uh, um, something of you. I don't know. Another day. That's Alsuya. That's a parody. That's like a style parody of Rage Against the Machine. Oh. Classic generic blues. <laughs> I woke up this morning, then I went back to bed. It's all about oh, well, okay, you skipped through. I, no, okay, you raced through a uh, truck driving song. Yes. And then it was, it's all about the Pentiums, baby. That brings us to 21. Uh, it took you 23 tries to get to <laughs> 21 songs. You get a half for, for the interactive one. Yeah. Uh, but that that is is simultaneously impressive and a cry for help a little bit. In in the vein of the game show and the Weird Al theme, I'm just going to recite now the uh, Don Pardo rant of I Lost on Jeopardy. That's right, Al. You lost. And let me tell you what you didn't win. A 20-volume set of the Encyclopedia International, a case of turtle wax, and a year's supply of rice-a-roni, the San Francisco treat. But that's not all. You also made yourself look like a jerk in front of millions of people. And you've brought shame and disgrace on your family name for generations to come. You don't get to come back tomorrow. 
You don't even get a lousy copy of our home game. You're a complete loser. Again. Ladies, stay back. <laughs> Where's my stick to beat them aback with? So people in the 40, Don Pardo was the voice of Saturday Night Live and uh, many, many... He, he died a couple of years ago. People know Don Pardo. The, uh... The thing that I do, and we've talked about this the last time Al came up, surprise, is the range of stuff. For, you know, when you're like, oh, it's a parody of a Kesha song. The only thing I know about Kesha is that uh, she has a dollar sign in her name. And that Jerry Seinfeld denied her. Three hugs. Three hugs. You know, and I'm not the biggest Jerry Seinfeld fan, but. Good for you. Yeah, right. Good for you. Good on you, Jerry. Uh, you know. That's the way to stay hip. <laughs> you know, and then afterwards, you, you hear, it's like, who was she? <laughs> right, right. I didn't know who that was. Who are these pop stars? Um, and it was great that they had a rage against, that Weird Al has a rage against the machine thing. And, and we won't get back into politics except for the last election cycle when Paul Ryan was running. He walked out on the stage to rage against the machine music. He loves Rage Against the Machine. He says he works out with it every day, to which the people from Rage Against the Machine sent him a cease and desist saying, have you heard our lyrics? Right. You are the machine. Right. They, they flat out said, <laughs> you are the machine. You are everything that we are raging against. You cannot use our music anymore. And that's the thing. It's like if you've ever listened to Rage for like one song, it doesn't matter what song it is. Killing in the name of, for instance. Yeah. You know, uh, they talk about you know, basically the man. Dismantling the system. And holding everybody else down. Yeah. Which the guy who says he's been dreaming about dismantling Medicare since doing keg stands at college. Now the Speaker of the House qualifies as being the machine. <laughs> yep. So that was our, our, our debut of Second Guest with Weird Al. Um, if you like it, please comment on our Facebook page. Tell us how much you love that segment and that you didn't fast forward through it or just turn off your computer or listening device or threw it out the window in a fit of rage. But Joe has suggested maybe one week we do it with one of my favorite bands. Well, no. Well, no. Why not? I, I love Buffalo Tom. I love the Pixies. I love Dan Cray. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Dan Cray. We love and, Dan Cray. And I love Dan Cray's music. Yeah. I don't think I could get 21 out of 23 with one second. I would have to have at least... You want to do it with, like, Beatles or something? Two, no, it doesn't matter the band. I would need at least two... I wouldn't need one... I guess no. I'm the only one playing this game. Cause no, then... no, I will try. But, All dude, right. you... Uh, when The Daily Show started, it was not John Stewart who started it. It's Craig Kilburn. And he had five questions at the end of every show. Right, with, his, uh, with the guest of the day. And the first person to ever get five... Was Bill Murray. And so every person after that, Kilburn would explain the bit to and explain, you can only tie... You cannot beat Bill Murray. Right. Uh, and it was great. When John Stewart took over the show, he kept it for a while, but he phased out of it. And the first day, he asked five questions. The second day, four questions. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he paid tribute to Craig Kilborn, didn't want to steal his bit, knew it was popular, but we're going to phase out of it. Yeah. The point is, you can only tie Bill Murray. You can't beat him. I will never get, and, and I, I mean this in all sincerity, I wish I loved anything. As much as you love Weird Al. Yeah. I don't love porn that much. And I love porn. Right. Yeah, should we do that with moans? Like, a, <laughs> <laughs> I 
We'll play 21 um, porn star oh, that's clips. April Flowers from <laughs> me. You named a porn star. That Even that wins. Why didn't... Joe. I'm sorry. April Flowers. Right. Brings me... April Flowers. Yeah. Am I supposed to... Read? Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Uh, Yahtzee. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Leopold. Oh, okay. That's an inside, way inside baseball. That's a bit inside. We might post that. <laughs> Joe and I did a did a one one of the many uh, sketch shows that Joe and I did. We we had a show that did very well and uh, by our standards. And we had a bunch of people who come from the adult entertainment industry to do our tribute to Benny Hill. Uh, my God, was like, well, hold on. so. 16 years ago? That was 99. 99. 2000. 18 years ago. So, well, so she's probably... Dead, right, <laughs> but right, by porn standards, be my guess, right. Uh, but we had a lot of like uh, adult film stars come and do our stupid sketch show uh, that was all teenage jokes, and it was our tribute to Benny Hill. So that's the really reason I threw that. Oh, that out there. reminds us that our next sideshow should be a tribute to Benny Hill. Yeah, we chase us around the little studio here. Yes, I mentioned sideshow because in case you haven't heard yet or haven't seen in your stream on iTunes or on Google Play or whatever, um, we have a, a new sideshow segment where we, every Thursday or every other Thursday or whenever we can feel like it, uh, we'll do like a laser-focused show about a particular topic in our, our debut uh, one, which came out to rave review. It actually <laughs> did come out to a rave review. Was about, was about Adam West. Singular, yes. Dearly, dearly Departed. Adam West. Adam West. Adam West. Adam West. Now I'm going to go a little lower. Adam, Adam West. West. <laughs> uh, no, but it, when Joe says laser-focused, he means like the way that the stormtroopers were laser-focused when shooting at people. Yeah. Uh, but but we won't be talking about like you know politics or other things. We'll have a topic and try the best in our A-H-A-D, A-D-D, O-C-D. You can't lines. even, you're, you're so well, A-D-D, you can't well, even say the acronym. <laughs> That's how A-D-D you are. Our, our A-B-C. Right, M-I-A-G-F-C's. But, uh, but well, the sideshows are a little more focused, and, and Joe will call me with an idea, I'll call Joe, and we'll be like, yeah, that's more than a four-minute rambling, so let's right. save that. So we, we got a list coming up. Yeah, hopefully you guys will like the next one. We're working uh, diligently for you out there. Just you. Not not you over there. You no, get the fuck out of here, you. Log off. Yeah, you. But, but you, sir, ma'am, um, X. Ma'am who wants to be a sir. <laughs> exactly. Sir who I, wants to be a ma'am. I don't mean to be presumptuous, but uh, this is for you, the sideshow, and also this podcast. And what's next on our podcast? Well, Joe just showed what a life of staying home on a weekend can do for you, is learning a catalog inside and out. I, again... And envious of his abilities, but recently I've been dragged out of the house against my will twice in the last month. Where are your papers? <laughs> and uh, and uh, I've been telling Joe about this, so he's like, "Oh, well, you know what? I don't want to hear about it. So save it for the podcast." Yeah, right. The other three people. That's might have been my it. new. That's my new catchphrase when talking to Shock. Is like, you know what I hate about Trump? Just save it for the podcast. Save it for the podcast. <laughs> so he can limit me to rambling for an hour uh, a week. But recently, um, management and I a.k.a. the wife, uh, were taken to a show at the Middle East uh, Cafe by our friend Mike, who we hope to have on the podcast, a former BCN jock who's given us great feedback, like, stop, you guys are horrible at this. And I don't want to be on your fucking podcast. So, so Mike, keep those, keep those like, you know, pieces <laughs> of advice coming. But he took us to see this band called Tragedy. It is a 
um, death metal band that covers Bee Gees songs. That's the greatest. And and they come out, and it's not just the Bee Gees, but they used to be just a Bee Gees band. But they have the makeup, the war paint on, the absolute, oh my fucking God, I hope to never run into these people ever yeah kind of look and then you know you kind of look down a little bit and you're like they're wearing the shortest short shorts since the <laughs> 84 Celtics and they're glittering like solid gold dancers solid gold for anyone under 40 solid gold dancers bow, 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 bow. was a TV anyways and, and they do and their banter is hilarious like you know one guy has this big mean spike looking bracelet and one of the guys like oh that bracelet's awesome man where you get it oh I got it at the Ren Fair what's the Ren Fair? Oh, that's a place where they pretend they don't know what Star Wars is. Did you get that one down in Plymouth? No. Well, what Ren Fair do you get it in? In Africa. Boom. Bust into Toto's Africa. Yeah. Toto for anybody in the 40s. Okay, listen. <laughs> we get it. We're old. You know? You're not that old. Just I will be 40 this year. Wow. So, yeah. This calendar year. Yeah, like in August. Wow. Man. That's right. So, um, waiting for the big... Uh, Death? Yes. <laughs> But so we this saw, is a big one, Elizabeth. We saw tragedy, and um, they're actually playing this week in New York on the twenty third. The management and I have actually thought, and that's her birthday. Should we drive down and see them? They're that good. Where we're like, we would go to New York just to see them. They come around. Could not suggest that more. The other thing that I've been dragged to that I tried. I bought you a ticket. I tried to get him out to it. By the way, I suggest I brought <laughs> this to his attention, and then when I later read further into it, I because I saw him the service, I was like, oh, this is something that Jock would be interested in. I forwarded him the link, and then I read the link, I saw it, and I was like, uh, yeah, uh, I think I'll pass. This looks a little lame, but maybe Jacques can uh, extrapolate. So, so in L.A., we, we would see these really weird things that turned out great, like Point Break Live, where they did Point Break in front of a live audience for 100 people, and it was hilarious, where they randomly pulled somebody out of the crowd to play Keanu Reeves' role, the joke being anybody can be Keanu Reeves in a movie. Except John Wick. But, ooh, yeah, he's awesome in that. But we did just see um, Star Wars The Burlesque Show. Uh, what was the theater? It was a small theater. It was Somerville. at the Rockwell, which was formerly Jimmy Tingles in Somerville and I it was great it was the, the performers were um, giving it their all <laughs> In uh, and, and, and burlesque, for those who don't know, it's a the 1950s way of saying strip down to the pasties on both the men and women. Yeah. So think think the uh, for you musical nuts out there, think the movie uh, and musical Gypsy. Or the musical movie Burlesque. Right. <laughs> There's that, too. Uh, oh, wait, this is me walking away. <laughs> Joe, come back! I'm Said back. no one oh. ever. <laughs> but he, You're uh, going to make me cry on Father's Day. You make me cry. Oh, well, Hey, let's talk about our dead dads again. <laughs> Joe's dad died in 80, 2008. No. Yes. I don't remember when we pulled the plug. I just know that's the last time I ever had to go to Buffalo. No offense if anybody accidentally from Buffalo over here said, a fantastic city to have been from. Right. Not to return what to. What do you call a pretty woman in Buffalo? What? Tourist. hey Lost. A hostage. I can keep going. <laughs> you know? But uh, but seriously, so we saw Star Wars burlesque, and it was it was a fun night out. It was watching a train wreck, you know, but but in a, a good train wreck way. The, the music was great. Uh, uh, always the comedian kind of narrating the show was hilarious. But uh, I what, what were people dressed as? Everything. They they went through the whole. 
so far eight Star Wars movies of characters. Yep, and counting Rogue One. And unfortunately, yeah, what is the right way to say this? Um, as a, as a, I remember when I came out to my parents when I chose to be straight, and uh, m- most of the performers who were males were they're much more attractive males oh, <laughs> stripping wow. than females. And I'm thinking maybe I made the wrong choice here because I'm not sure the Han Solo I wouldn't go home with uh, before the Job of the Hut. Right. Oh. And by Job of the Hut, <laughs> I mean they had a person who played Job of the Hut who um, precious. What love? Oh my! To, you know, it's like that person looked at Precious and said, "I wish I could get down to that." Yes. So I suggest leaving the house, supporting local art, supporting bands like like you know Tragedy. If they come back to Boston or wherever you might accidentally be hearing us, check them out. I don't know their website, but I mean, I'm quite sure Google. It's worth the Google. Any any slave layers? At the- is. Will there ever be a Star Wars... If, if you went to a second-grade pageant with a Star <laughs> Wars show, I guarantee you there will be a slave Leia. Uh, it, it, it doesn't... Like, you know, we're both Comic-Con people, and, you know, I think if you polled the Comic-Con crowd, slave Leia is probably... Well, this year it's probably Harley Quinn. But yeah. slave labor, Leia all time. Now, speaking of slaves... Yes, see how I segue... I set that up. For you to knock down. That was that was a softball. Yeah, right. So, so slavery. Yeah. Look at the ups. No, that's <laughs> wrong, wrong. Those are the Fox News talking notes. Let's let's get rid of that. Uh, so, what Jacques is fumbling to allude to is that um, there was a little slave um, rage on the internet lately uh, this week because Wheel of Fortune reran an episode from earlier this March, in which at the end of the episode where Pat, Sajak, and Vanna White stand in front of a, a, a video screen to do their, like, kind of 30 seconds of banter, I call it. They usually have, like, a theme behind them, you know, whether it's, like, America Week or Father's Day or Mother's Day or whatever. This one was, like, Southern hospitality. And what made this one particularly rage-worthy is that the background image was that of a colonial plantation in which reenactors dressed as slaves, African-American slaves, mind you, um, were... Not Leia. Right. No no slave layers were harmed in the filming of this background image. Uh, It's a video image, so they're walking behind Pat and Vanna, and, um, you know, they're they're in the background, they're distant, but they were noticeable, and people, you know, with their camera phones can zoom in and go, hey, are those slaves behind Pat Sajak and Vanna White? And so um, the producers of Wheel of Fortune had since apologized and said that was from a 2005 uh, shoot that we had done down in, uh, I forget what state it was, but there was like uh, for Southern Hospitality Week, and uh, they will never use the image again. And you know what? Uh, my non-biased opinion, my unbiased opinion of the, of the incident, uh, good people who made an honest mistake. Now, it's hard... Forgive me, Joe. I believe in your unbiased opinion. You believe that. But it's hard to think that you're unbiased when it comes to Wheel of Fortune. Why is that? Well, let's see. Did you or did you not win a, quote-unquote, boatload of money a few years ago on Wheel of Now, granted, not a big boat, right. but a boatload nonetheless. Right. It was more, yeah, it was like a household. Cold, hard cash. Cash. And to tie it back to Leia, 
do you not win a good portion of this money based on Princess Leia? Yeah, there's so many inter like this is like the end of like uh, of a curb your enthusiasm or something where it all comes together at the end. It's a dream with inside a dream right. with inside it's a dream. Inception of, of shit. Uh, yeah, I was on Wheel of Fortune in 2012. I was lucky enough to be chosen from a group of very qualified candidates. I flew out there. I, I was going to stay with. And I actually did stay with Jacques' management, as he calls it, uh, her, uh, it. Um, and so, anyways, long story short, too late. I went out to L.A. and I went on the game show, uh, once in a lifetime opportunity, literally, because you cannot go back once you have been on. And um, I won, and I was the only person who win not only the to get to the little, to the bonus round, lucky enough, but to win the bonus round. We, they tape five shows or sometimes six shows uh, in one day. So as a audience member, you have to sit and watch. If you're chosen for the Friday show beforehand, you have to sit in the like a special section of the audience and watch the previous episodes. And so they tape in order, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday rolls around, and then it's my turn. And I was the only one of that week to have won the grand prize. And, and what was the final question? The final puzzle? Well, the final puzzle was uh, phrase. And there were like a couple of like odd, you know, uh, letters that were revealed. And Pat saying, uh, "Now don't count this guy out. He's a pretty good puzzle solver. Um, 30 seconds, good luck. And then immediately I said, I would be delighted. And, and it, it's up on YouTube. Joe, Joe doesn't like it. He's still afraid that the Wheel of Fortune police are going to come and kick down his door. Uh, but it, it's, it's great. It is up on YouTube. And the answer to the puzzle, Joe, was? I just said it. I would be delighted. I would be delighted. Yeah. And, uh, the, and, and the layer one that he was uh, referring to in the main game, there was um, famous families or fictitious families or something like that. It was almost akin to uh, that segment on Cheers with Cliff Clavin. What was it? Uh, postal carrier Cliff Clavin. And uh, what was it? Sip codes. They had like one of the categories. Right, the categories on Jeopardy. Yeah, and he was on Jeopardy and he had like all of these like tailor made uh, categories towards him. This one was. Fictitious family, and the, the answer was Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, and Princess Leia. Bam! And I, on that puzzle alone, I'm going to fucking brag. I don't give a shit. This isn't even a humble brag. I won over $10,000 in cash alone. Because of Princess Leia, tying it back to my seeing the Star Wars show. <laughs> you along. And it was great because I was out doing an NFL gig, and so Joe was staying, you know, with the wife. And when the people rush the stage and, and hug when somebody wins and the whole family comes up, the only one in the studio audience with Joe was my wife. And uh, Pat had uh, this... Um he could kind of tell that I was like this kind of Asperger's-y kind of guy that maybe didn't know that he was on a game show. Um, but he, when, 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 when your wife came running out to hug me, Pat Sajak says, she's either really happy for him or he owes her a lot of money. <laughs> oh, so we're going to wrap this up with uh, being Father's Day, our parenting tip of the week. Yeah. Joe, Joe what do you got? Uh, my parenting tip of the week is... Um, Spend time with your kids so that on Father's Day they don't completely ignore you. Yes, I notice. I didn't think I gave a shit about Father's Day. And then you don't know what to, you got until it's not acknowledged. I'm going to add to that a little bit. You know, spend time with your family. Maybe do a family movie night. Sit down with the kids and play The Great Santini. Make them watch that movie and they say, you still like I'm an asshole, you little bastards? That could be your dad. <laughs> and then just go and drink. 
Uh, Carnies, thank you so much for listening to episode number four of Carnival Personnel. Yep, and you can follow us on Facebook, Carnival Personnel, uh, Carnival Podcast on Twitter. Uh, we have a YouTube page where you basically listen to this fucking episode again on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, please leave comments. Please leave likes. Please share you know, sharing is caring in our world. We're trying to get a pyramid scheme going. So if everybody who has accidentally listened to us who don't hate us get one friend, one family member, some you know, let's say you hate us. Share it with a Share it to somebody who you really hate and say, hey, these guys are great. You should like them. Yeah, right. We're going to go out with a song every week. Uh, last week it was Dan Cray, Where You Been? One of my favorite songs, dancray.net. This week we're going to go out with uh, Dan's sh- song tattoo, which one of my favorite lines in any of his songs. It's like, I tore the heart off my sleeve and carved it into my arm. A funny video on YouTube. So thank you for that. But... Um, it's very important that everybody out there do not forget the face is from a photo of Moses and there's a gun and some roses and that's the Buddha from Rome yeah it's Creed and then the bottom part's Asian and roughly translated it says white boy go home Bold, brazen and permanent It's the deepest of hearts And the thinnest of scars And it's more, so much more than an ornament I tore the heart off my sleeve And carved it into my arm The guy that did it's left-handed But he said I'll understand it Once the bus is all gone It's old And it's a little bit faded But it's my first and my favorite It's just made in my mom It's bold Raising and permanent It's what I truly believe I get it filled in the fall It's more So much more than an ornament I'm all about no regrets Didn't hurt much at all It's bold Raising and permanent the deepest of thoughts, the thinnest of scars, and it's more, so much more than an ornament. I tore the heart off my sleeve, and carved it into my arm.